Hi there and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. It is a bonus preview show here and we're going to be looking at the, the Celtic game at Celtic Park tomorrow night. But of course we, we, we can't even think about doing a show without talking uh, about the huge news that came out of Ivan yesterday, uh, Rangers signing Aaron Ramsey on loan. Uh, until the end of the season. Uh, I don't think anyone uh, seen that coming. Uh, and it certainly it felt like, you know, Gio was saying a couple of days ago that he felt we would come out the window in better shape than we were when we went into it. I don't, I don't think we could we could disagree with that after the, the news yesterday. Uh, joining me to, to, to talk about everything, you know, as I said, we've got Aaron Ramsey to talk about in the game tomorrow. I've got Alex Anderson. How are you, Alex? I like that pennant in the background. What pennant is that you've got? Some uh, Italian team. Italian uh, team. I just, I, I just throw up one every now and then. It's kind of black and white stripes. Right. They, they, were, they were giving us money for the show the night, mate. They were, they were aye, aye, financing aye, the Ramsey aye, deal aye, as well. So, aye, you know. Aye. Aye. Loads of lira. Loads, loads of lira. <laughs> we, we, the best thing about it is we, we don't need to spend anything, you know what I mean? I, I, exactly. I, I love there was a, there was a tweet. Uh, somebody put a tweet out there. Yesterday, some Celtic fan graph he's not saying, uh, "Ah, yes, this is this is technically match fixing because uh, they they can't afford them. There's so it's, it shouldn't be allowed." And I'm thinking, "That big Fraser Forster, how how much did Southampton pay his mm. salary? So get it right up, yeah, you know." <laughs> <laughs> It's really strange. I've never seen. I suppose it's 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 the Twitter age, and obviously, obviously, we've kind of come back the last few years. Celtic fans have had the the kind of upper hand uh, up until uh, the last couple of years. Um, it's the first I've noticed it that real kind of crazy. And obviously, Twitter only brings out the crazies. I'm on it quite a lot, you know. So, it, but there was I've never seen anything like it. It's like, do you not realise? You're just letting us know how much this annoys you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Suddenly, the, the whole concept of signing a player equals cheating. I mean, <laughs> I know, I know. I like, like, but no, but see, but honestly, I, I mean, I, I can't actually see the argument. I'm, apparently, they were talking about in Total Sport, Adrian Durham has banged this drum for a while. If a team can't afford them, then the, the team that's loaning them shouldn't be paying any of their salary. And I can kind of get it. But if your own club's done it in the past, you can't be bumping your gums now, mate. You know what I mean? You 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 took advantage of it when big uh, when big Herman Munster was there and goal for you. So you'll just have to keep your mouth shut now, mate, and but accept it. There's also the thing. I mean, Adrian Durham obviously just kind of you know shot. Ah, he's, he's looking for hits, isn't he? You know, he's I mean? just at it. You know, and he's what he's worked out in Scotland. What you do is you you know you trigger the Celtic fans by saying Rangers are cheating. You know what I mean? And you trigger the Rangers fans uh, by saying Rangers are cheating by having a laugh. Right. We have a laugh. We love it. You know what I mean? But it's I think Celtic have been loaning players out, you know, when Celtic had a better squad than us, because we were, you know, basically just back in the top flight, they're loaning players out to every other team that we were playing in the, you know, in the SPFL Premiership. It's kind of, yeah. Juventus suddenly given players to, well, I, suppose, I suppose they're giving players to a team that Celtic are playing, Celtic are playing next. But my, it's it's a it's a kind of crazy half assed way of looking at it. And I think the, the financial thing, um, is replacing the Masonic thing that we, you know, that we grew up with before, you know, before 2012. It's just that kind of, don't get me wrong, Rangers fans, we've, you know, we've got our knee-jerk kind of stuff that we we, we throw at Celtic, you know, but I, I, I genuinely, I was saying that on Twitter last night, if Celtic sign a big player like Robbie Keane and Roy Keane, you know, any, any of the Keanes that they signed, we were always kind of like, all oh, right, that's a bit of a challenge. That's, you know, you're a bit, but I'm looking forward to beating them with him playing. 
Or if aye. they sell if they sell a player, you're you're kind of like, all right, I'm glad he's away because he was pretty good, and I hope they don't get too much money from him. Or you were like, oh no, he was rubbish. I'm 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 bad. I'm, I'm sad that they're kind of onto the fact he was rubbish. But I never ever kind of thought to myself, no, they shouldn't. That's no fair. That's, <laughs> that's, that's total cheating that they've signed him. That's that's not. No, I don't. I mean, it's, I don't it's a it's a sort of non off the park version of Nay Hardy's, and it no Nay Hardy's big man. You know, what I mean, I, just I, soft I, sh- soft shots only. It's like you're bringing your big brother down. You know, we we know he plays juniors. He shouldn't be playing for this. It's no. It's just... I know, I know, I know. But it's been good. It's been good to watch the meltdown. And I mean, I, I suppose we should we should get on to it. I, I mean. I, when I got up yesterday morning, my mate texted me, my mate Gary, uh, he texted me on the WhatsApp to say, apparently we're in for Aaron Ramsey, and I was like, nah, mate, I can't, I can't see that, and he's like, no, I can't see it myself. So that was about sort of eight, nine in the morning, but about noon, you're like, oh, this isn't going away, you know what I mean? It's, it seems, it seems to, and they're suggesting he's in, he's in a, an airport down south somewhere, Luton, I think it was, and he's got three options, and you know, and then it's oh he's in Glasgow and you, did you see the image uh, the boy for STV a big raman that's uh, a big raman they're standing outside with the I'm like well, this actually looks like it could be on you know what I mean and, and somebody was pointing out you know the photographs that the van and the BMW those were the same vehicles that picked up Geo and he arrived at the airport then by like two three o'clock you're like this looks on this looks like it's happening and then by nine o'clock you're like oh no none's been announced oh no we're gonna we're gonna have real egg in our face so it was it was great when they officially announced it you know and i suppose the only thing i can ask you is is you know what kind of signing is this one thing i'm going to say but before i let you come in i'm not having this the biggest signing for gaza i think that's very disrespectful to ronald de boer i have to say but it's it's as big a signing as we've had in a, a good number of years I think though it's because um, is that Gaza was the kind of signing where you didn't even have to be a football fan to appreciate. Oh my God, that that, that Gascoigne's going to—he's going to range. Now Aaron Ramsey's got nothing like the profile Gaza has, and and I, you know, we all love Gaza and no harm to him, but in a lot of ways that's a good thing because a lot of a lot of Gaza's profile wasn't wasn't the healthiest. No, the the boy the boy had problems, but um, I think for me it's it's the biggest signing since Gerard. You know, because Gerard wasn't a player, yeah. um, we're, we're kind of you know we're comparing it to, to great players, but I, uh, I just feel as if it's another one of the we kind of even if he never plays a game for us, you know, even if he is constantly injured, and all these nightmare stories we're, we're hearing about Aaron Ramsey, it's just the profile raising effect of the whole thing. It's like a wee booster shot to you know for the Gerard effect kind of wearing off now. There you go. There's another Rangers are on the map again, um, and I just the, the, the bit I love was just seeing Ross Wilson's face. Poking behind that that beautiful door yeah. in the main stand because he's had a beautiful window. You know what I mean? He's just <laughs> loving the fact he's a you know il padrino. You know he's kind of pulling this, pulling the strings and all that, just making it happen. I just thought, ah, you've you've pulled it with the bag, Ross, because let's let's no let's no kid ourselves. Um, the the knee jerk loyal of which I'm a, a fleeting member. Every time we drop points, we're we're kind of cussing uh, Wilson upside down on Saturday, uh, Saturday night. Um, and I think he's 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 pulled an, an absolute blinder for me. I mean, up until Friday, even up until before we signed the uh, Diallo, uh, for me the best news was Tunisia beating Nigeria in, in this window. You know, it was Tunisia yeah. beating Nigeria, and uh, Scotty Arfield announcing that he retired uh, if he played for Canada. You know, that was a kind of all right, yeah, yeah, beauty. That's that, that that's the good stuff. And if just as long as we could keep everybody after selling Nathan Patterson, 
that was absolutely fine. So yeah. taking a knock it out the park yesterday and just get us all going. As you say, it was a total, it was a kind of, it's a slow, slow realisation, but it wasn't a slow burner, it was a fast burner. It was just everybody's scoffing first thing in the morning. No, aye, right, no way. And uh, I mean, I'm talking about Rangers supporters here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Celtic fans are still scoffing. It hasn't happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. But right. it was chocolate, chocolate legs are calling them there, aren't it? You know? Oh, I will never, it'll, it'll never amount to anything. But it, it's, um, but I saw Big Raman, you know, and the panic in that guy's eyes. I felt so hard, sorry for him. He's out, <laughs> up against that fence somewhere in Paisley trying to get this shot with his wee camera. You know, yeah, I felt yeah. hard, sorry for him. He's always so laid back, Raman. I was in a, I was in a press conference, a, a Scotland. Uh, press conference once it was it was the day Craig Brown uh, packed it and the Scotland manager would just beat Latvia like a meaningless uh, qualifier and Big Raman was there and he's the most laid back journalist I've ever seen in my life he was talking to Craig Burley and he's holding the dictaphone with one and he's just looking just asked a question what you think of the game Craig and he wasn't even listening to the answer and I thought he's just a, a, yeah, chill, yeah, yeah. a chilled out laid back entertainer and then I saw him yesterday and I thought my god that guy's <laughs> this must be a hot this must be a hot lead um, He's under he was, was panic-stricken, you know, and no wonder it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's the biggest signing we've had uh, for years. And the, the whole of the, the Scottish Premier League, obviously, will be delighted that once again we're raising the profile of uh, of our domestic scene. Yeah, well, I, I mean, this is something I was kind of wanting to talk about, you know, because it has. I mean, I mean, Sam Wallace and the, the Telegraph they done a big piece on it, sort of going on about how incredible the deal is, and and you know how well Ross Wilson had done in getting that. And it has, it has increased the profile. There's, there, I don't know if you've seen this Twitter account, mainly, mainly Oasis, that is, right? And it's just this guy. I think he's maybe in our age, you know, late 40s, early 50s kind of thing. And he just tweets about Oasis, right? But even he yesterday said, well, oh, that's some sign in Rangers ah. have made, eh? <laughs> And a Celtic fan came in and went, unfollowed. And he's like, can you get a fuck, mate? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I was, I was, I was pissing myself reading that. Honestly, well, that's what I mean. You're, you're saying about, um, you know, about Ronald De Boer and that, you know, some of the, the signings we've had that football fans will totally know that is that is heavy duty. That's a that, that, that's a cracking signing we've made there. But um, when you think, you know, so, so obviously, you know, Aaron Aaron Ramsey now fits that bill um, more akin to a De Boer than maybe a Gascoigne because he's no he's not got quite the kind of um, tabloid profile. But mate, it was just we've got that wee bit. See, your main stand's beautiful. That was the thing. The, the, the poor Polish boy, he's got the tradesman's entrance. Yeah. No, uh, Bear Matthias, he's getting the, the, the up, up at uh, Auckland Howie, thinking this is a business man. I'm getting a big welcome here. Getting, and then he sees no Aaron Ramsey's getting to use the uh, the main doors at one of the most beautiful stadiums in the world. Like um, like Clark Kent uses the phone box. He goes in there with the the kind of the, the wee sports jacket on the nice wee the nice wee shirt, and he comes out with the jersey on like Superman yeah. taking taking the acclaim. And I just noticed some of the camera angles were showing the wee um, wee key pattern on the on the um, the mosaic in the front step. There was like a mat doing a notice covering up. Aye, that, you know, yeah, I aye. don't care how big you are, and you get your feet wiped, son, before you know when you get aye, in here. You know what I mean? Aye. Standards, built through standards. <laughs> but that was, I was just thinking, yeah, that's it's quite a kind of, I forget because it's all art deco inside and the fixtures and fittings, all the kind of oak panel and all that. Um, it's a it's a kind of neoclassical design, the main stand, you know, the kind of, um, kind of pillars and what have you. And outside, and I just thought, ah, it's Italian. It's a kind of like it takes you back to the. It's got Italian revival, and I thought, yeah, Gaza, Gaza. It's, it's reviving yeah. us. It's us back to the days where we could sign somebody for Syria. As soon as as well, even being announced in the kind of you know really the oak panel and when I put them in the kind of uh, Art Deco fixtures and fittings, that it, it was just that kind of magic moment. You thought, aye, 
I know we like to think winning the league title was us properly back, but it's like it's an ongoing process. This was another one of these moments that just felt like, aye, we are. Yeah, yeah, aye. On Ross Wilson, uh, I mean, you would have to say he's, he's pulled a rabbit at the back here, and I, would, yeah. I, I think, I think, and certainly in the last year, you would have to give him a lot of credit and he and his wheelings and dealings. Aye, oh god, uh, I, I think uh, there's somebody follows me, and, and, and she'll have to forgive me. I, I can't remember the lady's name. Uh, follows me on Twitter, and uh, she just basically put a wee thing up saying how Ross Wilson is just gonna phoned up Juventus and said. Nah, we've not got a signing on fee. Nah, we don't. We're not going to pay. We're not going to pay. <laughs> going to give any money for that? <laughs> come on, she's like, come on. You know, like, fuck. Seen as seen as are that gala. See you've got the brass neck. What the hell of him? You know, yeah. that's what it's like. Yeah. He's I like that. Ross Wilson. I don't. I don't have Rangers TV except for when I have to have it for watching the Rangers games. We kind of get into. Um, so I maybe don't see the amount of interviews that he, that, that he does um, that other Rangers fans will see. But I remember watching him at the, the, the recent AGM and he's kind of chewing up the scenery with his, his enthusiasm for everything. You're thinking, be a great guy to go for a pipe, mate, because all Rangers fans are interested in is who are we going to sign? That's what it been. Who, 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 what are we doing in the transfer market? Who are yeah. we going to bring in? But you think there's going to come a point where you're out for a pipe, mate, you'll be, you'll be like... Aye, right, Ross. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the, the Fluminense under 15, you know, the coaching system has had a big party playing their 1963 Rio Championship or whatever. You know, just, can we just talk about, you know, Boris Johnson or something? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. If, if he's you want to go, mate, he's, he's delivering. He's delivered, you know. Yeah. If, if you were to go for a pint, it, his hand would never be in his pocket, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> he just seems to have that sort of ability. He just come out of deals with, actually, my wallet's untouched and, and everything's on you. I, uh, I, I have this image of him sort of like Arthur Daly, you know, with Tenants McCann behind him, sort of, come on, come on, come on, you know what makes sense. Uh, but in terms of the window, you know, and, and, and you know, and what Gio said, you know, we, we would be in better shape coming out of it than we, we were going into it. Would you agree with that now? You know, I, I think, you know, when, when Nathan Parson left, there was a sort of feeling, you know, we need to get players in. And you, you started to see some real anxiety, and, and especially in social media and stuff like that. But I would say the last three, three or four days has, you know, there's, there's been a lot of movement, ins and, and outs, obviously. And it feels that we are, you know, if, if you think we've replaced uh, Barker with uh, the Alio and we've replaced... Uh, who's the boy? The other boy that went out. Oh, Bakuna. We've replaced Bakuna with Aaron Ramsey. Aye. You know what I mean? That, that if you if you put it in that sort of context and in, in those terms, that that is a decent window, I would say. Especially comment when the thing that we were most focused on was keeping what we've got. You know, that, yeah. I, I, I still yeah. say that was the that was the, the thing we we're most scared of was that we would lose more than Nathan Parson. You know, um, we could you know. Barisic, you know, Kamara, I was like Glenn Kamara, older viewers, you know, Bob Paisley always talked about Ray Kennedy, you know, that who's, we've just lost recently, you know, the, the, the great Ray Kennedy of Liverpool. He was the, he, I remember Bob Paisley saying that in an interview, he was the guy we get most inquiries about, you know, and he was never the kind of seen as the most kind of, you know, high profile player on that great Liverpool team of the 70s and 80s, but I feel as if Glenn Kamara's kind of our Ray Kennedy, you know, he just, I think most coaches would be watching him. He was a guy I always expected to go. Um, because he would be affordable, I think, you know, because Rangers would always look at the fact that it was 50 grand. So, yeah. you know, unlike, I think, you know, we're worried about Aribo, we're always worried about Alfie, uh, Alfredo, maybe maybe going, um, but you would, they would, you know, command bigger bigger fees because they're, they're getting more established um, as, 
somebody walked by and I always worry we lose Glenn Kamara, but we've, we've lost none of these players. Um, and even I think getting in uh, the young Polish chap as a as a backup uh, for Tav, just to kind of say that's that that was almost like a finishing touch, you know. We're, we've done the you know we've, we've done the big stuff at the front of the house. We're just kind of you know tidying up the back door and all that now as well. It was really it was just kind of, uh, that was nice. Um, I would maybe like to have had Suter in. You know, maybe like to have actually got him. Um, no, he's not even in the squad tonight. Actually, aye, so that's that's so the thing. With, that's the thing with Suter. The old uh, he's got an ankle injury. Maybe isn't he as euphemistic as as we think? You know, the boys get the boys got an injury history. You know, and Rangers have got a history of you know buying injured players. But um, uh, no harm to him um, in, in that respect. But I, I, I would I would still like to have had him here. But that's just a that's just a, a bonus. That would have been that's just a wee a wee nitpick um, to to buy the two players that we have bought. And I think it is. It is short-termism, you know, but I don't think that's a in the pejorative sense. I, I think it's short-termism, the kind of denotation as opposed to the connotation, because we've got the squad. We've been building this squad since Gerard and Michael Beale arrived, you know, and they're at that point now um, where the, everything's kind of in place, that the, the pattern of play was set. We, we know what we're doing. It's all about adding to it. And as Doogie was uh, quite rightly alluding to on, on, on Sunday night, the reason we're so frustrated with the result at Aberdeen, and particularly the result in uh, Saturday there at Ross County, was be- not just because they, they won the good performances in their own right, but because this league title means so much. And I think this is the one. We've only got three, four months to make sure we get that 30 to 40 million pound that will let us, we can have a complete rebuild in the summer if we want, if we get into that Champions League. Yeah. Um, so I think they're quite right just to get a couple of cracking players who can um, just regenerate the, the dressing room. You know, as much as anything else, can just you know give every, get everybody on their toes, and uh, I think Ross Wilson has had an absolute blinder on me. Yeah, he has. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it seems that tomorrow's game is uh, it's it's going to come too soon for Ramsey, so it looks like we won't see him tomorrow. So you would imagine there's every chance he might make an appearance on Sunday against Hearts. You're 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 a sort of knowledgeable man when it comes to football, Alex. Will this be the first time that Her Majesty and the Prince of Wales have shared a dressing room at Ibrox? Aye. See? Aye. 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 Nice. 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 You can't, you can't, you can't, honestly, you can't, you can't buy that material, honestly. This is the content folk are looking for, me. That's I the know. content folk are looking for. It makes you think as well. You know, it's outside the box, you know. It is. Aye. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Now I'm thinking... And you're getting this content for free, by the way. I know. I, mean? I know. You know, it might not always be... Scandal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, aye, well, it's Ra- he's also Rambo, isn't he? Yeah, right. name is aye. I've seen Rambo at Ibrox and Ray Wilkins squaring up to him when, uh, to be honest, Bayern Munich gave us a gave us a run around uh, by Alan McAnally. But uh, well, I thought Gerard, that was a whole thing with him. He's gone for a, having a portrait of the Queen in the dressing room to actually having the Prince of Wales in the director's box at Miller Park. <laughs> we've, we've sent we've sent Gerard so staunch that he's actually. <laughs> It's going about the country chasing loyalty now, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm in Carragher, I don't speak anymore, apparently. Uh, <laughs> right, on, on, until tomorrow night then, big night, obviously. Uh, I mean, I'm on the Thompson's tea at the moment. I'll be on a different kind of brew at this time tomorrow, I would, I would, I would imagine. Uh, so, I mean, it's down, it's down to two points after 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 Dingwall on Saturday. I mean, I, I think up until yesterday when Ramsey came in, I think there was a kind of feeling that this was this could be so vital, but I'm actually feeling quite confident now that even if we don't get the result that that, that we want tomorrow and, and they do go top, I think we've got enough to 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 keep going and and, and catch that up again. 
it's a strange, it's a strange thing. The way, the way I assess uh, Rangers' chances in a game is usually get nothing to do with who's playing or anything like that. It's that crazy kind of just superstition riddled thing where if we have a bad result, I, I actually like us having a wee bad result before we go into an old firm game. You know that kind of, and it's actually when you look at the run we're on just now since since, since the break was moved. I think it's messed with messed with my chi. I think it's maybe messed with the team's uh, kind of chi as well. I, I think we've dropped the points at Aberdeen. That was a disappointing night. Turned into a great night against Livingston. You know, quite kind of manic at the end. You know, big celebrations, that crank and goal. Uh, so we're all highs kites, and then you're back down to earth with a bump um, at Ross County. And I'm thinking, well, we're due. This this, this pattern's going to be parkhead. We're going to come away delighted again. Um, but I, the Ramsey things really messed that up because last night was a bit of a celebration. You know, it's a kind of separate sport in itself. Deadline day, you know, it's it's you know it's all about the football, but it becomes a kind of wee, you know, a wee kind of all day cup final thing when it when it when it's going when it's you know you're getting something like Ramsey coming in and, and it's kind of it's taking a lot of your nervous energy away that we're all we're all saving up for you know shouting at it early in the morning night. Um, but the Rangers players are only going to be balling their, their backsides about that. Um, I I feel. If we'd go out there with Ramsey playing, um, I he's risking getting you know booted off the park straight away. It's going to be it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere um, tomorrow night, and I think we're going to be like you know it's like turning up with your new trainers on at school. You want to avoid you want to avoid the kind of bad boys that are going to go and stand over your new trainers and make sure you get them manky. And we're going into the, the kind of bad boys playground uh, tomorrow night. Um, they, they've been hearing us. We've been giving it to them tight over social media uh, for the last twenty four hours. Uh, they're all very angry, so they'll be they'll be ready to rock. But I just feel, I feel we've got the players who and the kind of setup and the manager will quite enjoy that. Yeah, you know, maybe quite. I think we want. I think we want them to come on to us, you know. And I think the most comparable situation we've had this season, or, or under Geo anyway, so far is probably Tyne Castle. You know, the whole crowd right on the park. Most of it hates you. You kind of hear yourself thinking. Um, and it kind of puts you, and I, I would imagine, you know, I've never played any kind of level of football, but I would imagine that puts you as a player on a kind of counter-punching mentality anyway. You know, so having a counter-attacking uh, approach to the game is pr- it probably suits your kind of psychology at that moment. I mean, we, we get two, two early goals at Tynecastle. It's a different kettle of fish altogether, uh, obviously, but in that, in that that's the most kind of comparable situation, I'd be quite happy for us to maybe sit, sit a bit deeper um, but use our able, use our field if if if, if he's picked, um, and and try and go for it. And that's why we're, I'm already thinking. Well, maybe not getting the, the team uh, just now, but I'm already thinking maybe Sakala's. I'm expecting Sakala to be sitting on the bench again, waiting to replace uh, Diallo while he again you know, kind of finds his fitness after not playing a lot of first team football. Maybe expecting Fashion to come on second half, but uh, I don't know. I think Frankie, uh, our own Ross Wilson, uh, Frankie, he was saying the day that he, you know, and he's quite right. Gio does always throw a curveball with a selection. Um, and, and maybe maybe Sakala would start instead of Roof and go through the middle. I don't know, uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to this. And as you were saying at the beginning, I think it's I think we're well placed for the rest of the season. However, tomorrow goes. And in, in, in terms of the, the squad, you know, it, it seems he might have a decision to make. Uh, certainly, centre half. As I said earlier on, the, the games arrived too early for for Ramsey. Hollander uh, still out. You know, big big Bassie's been filling in at, at centre half, but Balogun's fit again. So. Did, I mean, I, I know Bassey made that error on on uh, Saturday there, and, and it was a costly error. You know, it, you know, it led to a goal and, and then dropped points. But I think overall, he's he's done a good job since he's been in there. So, it, it, 
do you think he'll change it now and bring in someone that's been out for a wee while or, or will he go with the, the, the settled back four that he's had of late? Uh, gen- genuinely don't know. I don't mean that as a, an abdication of my duties as a top-notch pundit, you know what I mean? Don't know, mate. I don't know. But I I had a thing with um, Calvin, Calvin Bassey. I, I posted it, uh, I had a thing on, on Twitter uh, just before we restarted uh, after the break against Aberdeen. And I felt that um, him, he kind of sums up uh, my early feelings about Geo as well before the break, everything's going so well, almost too well, you know. Um, the last thing Stephen Gerrard did was was against Ross County at Ibrooks. The last thing he did was, was he switched he switched um, uh, Calvin to centre-half just later on in the game against Ross County and he put um, Nathan Patterson on at left-back as if to say, this is stuff we can do, you know, we mm-hmm. need to try try this out when we can. Um, he brought Ryan Jack on as well, his fight back for, for injury, um, and we immediately lost a goal because everybody was all oh, it's like season sevens, you know, but it was good to, to get him led. And Calvin Bassey has risen and risen. He was, it's, to me, it was like he was just really grown into the left-back role this season. And then he get moved to centre-half and that was kind of unfair, but he's done that well. But I feel as if the whole team has been on a kind of massive kind of bounce um, since since Giovanni van Bronckhorst arrived. And I felt as if Calvin Bassey looked amazing. He looks like kind of... He's got, he's got that thing where when he's playing at fullback, he, he kind of looks, he's almost got that kind of haunched, kind of chunky fullback thing, like, like Hugh Burns or something like that, I know, back to the area. Yeah. He just looks like a proper old, you know, grizzly fullback. And then somehow when he moves to centre-half, suddenly he looks a bit, you know, two feet taller and he's kind of, you know, serene and what have you. He's got all the attributes you're looking for, looking for like Terry Butcher or something like that. Um, he's, he's definitely, he looks like a great player, but I feel as if the wee own goal against, when we're playing Leon over in Leon, by a dead rubber, you know the ball going off the bar at, at, at Tynecastle. He's getting better at bringing it forward. He's bringing the ball forward. He was making an ass of that a few times when he was in his early days as centre half. Um, but he's getting better at that. And I feel as if if we could have went to to Pataudry and Parkhead when we were supposed to go to these grounds while we were on that run and that total yeah. flow where we had Alfredo. That kind of we had the, a bit of momentum behind That's it. when you get road tested. As a Rangers player you, and a manager, you get road tested at the two most traditionally difficult, hateful away venues we go to. That's when you know when you come through those two, um, still with your reputation intact, that's when you know you, you've got a proper a proper player in your back. I don't think he did particularly brilliantly at Pataudry, but didn't do particularly badly either. Um, everybody was at sixes and sevens for, for, for the goal. He eventually you know, takes a kind of swipe at on, on uh, Saturday. But I still feel, what is a, just going a long way about the house's mate, of saying, no disrespect to Calvin, I think he's been superb, but it would not surprise me if Balogun goes in there the morning night. Because I think Gio, a man who likes a zero, he likes to be pragmatic. He'll like experience as well. And I think he's bursting for an excuse to... to to drop Calvin for a more experienced centre-half. I think as well, I mean, when you were talking there about some of the incidents he's been involved in, especially stuff at Tynecastle, I remember watching that thinking, positionally at times, he's just Aye. a yard or two and on the wrong side of things. So maybe maybe, maybe uh, Balogun will come in tomorrow. One person who definitely won't be there tomorrow uh, is Alfredo Morelos, which is obviously frustrating when you give it, I think, Columbia had 12 subs the other night and it, it wasn't one of them. It's just terrific. You know, you get called up to, you know, the other side of the planet and, and no even feature in the squad uh, when he could have been playing for us is, is frustrating. But it is what it is. You just need to, you just need to take that in the chin. Uh, but do you think he'll be a miss or do you think we'll have enough uh, with Ruth and Sakala to, to, to cover that? 
I hope I hope by the end of the game we're all thinking to ourselves, thank God Alfie wasn't playing because he's because he'd be in about them taunting them so badly that he'd be getting suspended for <laughs> four or five games. It was the kind of if it, if everything goes well then one night, you'll feel terrible for Alfie because he's not there to to get it up. <laughs> but yeah. um <laughs> sixty thousand Celtic fans is having a proper go at him the whole game. Um I he's always a miss, Colin. I, I would always I'm always miss Alfredo. I think he's he's absolutely vital uh, to everything that we do well. Um, and he's really enjoyed he enjoys playing against Celtic he gets a bit wound up at times but it's because of uh, just sheer enthusiasm that he has and he absolutely loves it I, I think anything that Rangers do is always is nine times out of ten improved by having Alfredo Morelos uh, involved in it he's, he's phenomenal the one the one great thing is we know that as frustrated as we are we are not getting a game for Colombia he will be absolutely bailing Alfie will be totally raging but he's yeah. listen he, he wants to play for his country um, and they're a great country as well, Colombia. Fantastic to watch uh, when they get going. It'd be a massive honour for him. And this is what he's got to do. He's got to earn these stripes. It's just, we got Aribo. He was a guy we were worried about when they moved the fixture. When, they, when, when Celtic, you know, whatever they did, you know, when yeah. they helped, when they suddenly showed a great concern for having fans inside stadiums, um, perhaps exploited the genuine financial need of other clubs uh, in, in the league. Um, I think we're mostly worried about not having a rebel, you know. Um, it turns out it's Alfredo, who I think is, is is a bigger miss in other games, but in this one perhaps, where it's maybe more about us holding the ball and keeping our nerve and playing a bit of football. You know, it's like at Parkhead, they're always, they're, they're always right on top of you. Um, I think maybe having a rebel in this situation slightly better. Uh, than having Alfie if you had to pick between, uh, between the two of them. But yeah. um I know I mean listen, I think Ruth um is fantastically experienced, um really cool dude. Uh, he will do his a job. Um but we will miss Alfie, but I'm I'm not I'm not as worried about it as I would have been. Alan McGregor as well. Uh, Gio faced a few questions today. Obviously it's a couple of bad errors on, on Sunday. The first one especially I thought was was, was really bad. And maybe the catalyst for the whole day going wrong, you know. I mean, it was just it was so unlike him, and the one at the end as well. You know, the the, the injury time goal was it was a, a proper clanger. It's not like him though, and you know, Van Bronckhorst was very staunch in his defence on the day, saying, you know, this guy has saved us so many points in the past. It's not even it's not even up for debate. This guy's in my team tomorrow, and I have to say, even though I, I mean, it has taken a wee bit of stick this season, McGregor. You know, he's 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 not having a vintage season is probably the best way of describing it. But I, even still, I still think I would prefer him in goals tomorrow rather than McLaughlin. Aye, yeah. I mean, at first I thought that might, that might be the curveball that Gio throws us. Uh, but then I saw the press conference today, and as you say, Gio's just not having it. It was one of the things, or, or two of the things, uh, on on Saturday. I mean, Rangers don't concede three goals in the league. It was, that, that's the first time in... Was, I think I, I think it's Motherwell uh, at Fir Park in, at the beginning of Stephen Gerrard's first season. Yeah. Um, so that you're looking at three and a half years ago. Uh, kind of August 2018 or um, I think that's the first time we conceded three goals and it was one of the ones where you're, you know, we will have been shouting and screaming at the telly or whatever but I think when it's Alan McGregor making two mistakes like that, everybody just kind of sits and goes oh Jesus what's yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like what's, what's happened there it's so not like him we've noticed maybe like the game against Malmo Ibrox positionally we're thinking uh, a bit questionable you know he had a, a proper rick against Hearts 
uh, at Ibrox uh, this season. It was at Motherwell. Kind of, we dropped points anyway, and uh, Jigs yeah. was definitely to blame for that the, the way game. the goal was scored. But I still think our general problem this season has been no scoring enough goals, um, well, as opposed to losing them. That's, what, that's an interesting point because I mean, I, as you've pointed out, there it's been so long since Rangers have conceded three goals. Uh, and there was a wee bit of debate in the comment section of the, the show for Sunday night there. You know, I, I think John had said, you know, it was just one of those things, you know, three very obvious errors, three individual errors that normally never happens have led to goals. It's, it's You can't legislate for it. And this guy came in and went, just one of these things, ha, 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 as if that's nonsense. It was a shocking display. I would actually argue it wasn't a shocking display, especially second half. I thought Rangers played really, really well in the second half. And if you take those three individual errors out of the equation, Rangers win the game quite comfortably. But I would also say that, you know, obviously the the, the bulk of the sort of spotlight in terms of who's responsible for dropping points on, on Saturday falls on the guys who made the individual errors. But I would also say we squandered a lot of chances on, on Saturday. And I don't think the strikers can... When it was 3-2, we had you know, a few chances to, to put that game to bed and we didn't do it. Uh, so so as much as the three guys or the two guys that, that you know, had their blunders, yeah, they, they've, they've got to hold their hands up and, 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 you know, take the flak that's coming their way. I also think you've got to look at the amount of chances we had and we, we, we just couldn't put that team to bed. So I would agree it's, obviously it's, 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 it's the players involved here to blame, but not totally, you know what I mean? There's something there's something's been happening since we come back into the top flight call. We are even last season when it was like remarkable and that when our form was absolutely off the off the chart, it was amazing. We have this thing of we we never do the equalizing in games like that. It's never like, oh, we've had a bad game and you know Al McGregor makes his two mistakes in the first half and we're three two down and then we equalize in injury time. Yeah. And when you're like, oh well, at least it was a point. I, I I've said this before in the pod. I think I can only really remember Eaton scoring uh, one of his many goals against Motherwell at Fort Park last season and about March, the league, well, must be February, I think the league was already, I don't know if it was already won or it was almost won. Yeah. And we'll just think about the unbeaten record. And I think it was 75 minutes or something we scored the equaliser. Um, and even then you're thinking, well, there's another you know, quarter minute to go, we should push on and get the winner. So there's still frustration there, but then we seem to be really high maintenance. And I don't know if it's a kind of undertow from the whole infrastructure going with the liquidation but we seem to have been, even to go back before Gerard arrived, the last game before Gerard, the five each game with Hibs, where we're five, three up. We, you know, it, it, the number of horrible last minute equalizers, Hamilton Aki's last season, um, St. Johnson in the Cup, obviously, it was just pantomime stuff. We, we, we go a goal up, you know, two minutes before that. Um, it, it, it's a Marin game as well, the, the, I, cup, the cup game. And, and for me as well, that's I mean, I'm sitting in I'm sitting in Saturday going, aye, this is just how will we how will we give away the corner? We always give away the corner. Um and no matter how little injury time's left or where we have the ball in the park, we could be on the opposition goal line and it's we've hit 97 minutes injury time, we'll still manage to give away a corner before the end. Um but it's the vast majority of times we, we get away with it and we've earned the right to more than to, to, to get away with it. Um but I just think we have this kind of thing where we set ourselves up with something you feel that we need to be two goals up before we're kind of kind of secure, which is quite amazing. I know we, I know they say that you have to have a lot of narrow wins, obviously a lot of kind of dug out wins if they're going to win the league. But you also you need to have a, f- a few give teams a, a kind of hiding, you know, yeah. kind of regularly as well to to to, to create that energy. 
Um, and it makes it, it means that despite the fact we had a, a record-breaking season last year and probably the greatest season of uh, my life in terms of everything that it meant, you still spent a lot of time chewing your nails, you know, and really and worried and, and shouting at Rangers out of sheer fear, you know, for, for them and for yourself. No, no any genuine frustration. But I think... Um, we could always do with scoring uh, a few more goals, as you say. Big Eaton was involved in the big, in the, the, the lovely build-up to the first goal um, in Saturday, but it kind of summed it up that we're all saying, I was tweeting, Big Eaton's got to go off, you know, and we've got to get Roof on. We, he could have a hat-trick by now. And the first thing that happens when Roof comes up, eh, when Roof comes on is Borna pits over a corner. It misses everybody. Roof comes in at the back post, but he's a foot too small to get to it. And you're yeah. thinking, Big Eaton would have buried that. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just... So we're just... We just need to get the, the, the shooting boots on um, a bit more regularly because uh, we have been maintaining the zero uh, when, when, when Gio first arrived. Um, but I think we're, we've been leaking a few goals. That's you know four goals we've lost in the last two away games. And we're going to a ground tomorrow night where, ironically, Celtics starting the season as the kind of, you know, bohemian, all guns blazing, you know, we'll, we'll, just, we'll score five for the opposition, could score four. They're struggling to score just now. Yeah. You know, so... It's the two teams are going against type at the moment, you know. So it's quite, it's it's, it's becoming quite interesting. It's, I mean, that's what that, you've you've led me into the next topic quite well. You know, sort of looking at Celtic today in terms of their form. You know, they've won five out of the last six, but they are getting a bit of the rub of the green at the moment. You know, a late winner uh, at Dingwall. You know, I think Boyce missed a penalty against them last week at Tynecastle. A very late winner again on on Saturday there. You know, as you say, you know, Ange has this image of this free flow and scores five, concedes three, all that kind of thing. But it's not really working out like that at the moment. You know, they're having to dig in for, for, for wins. And you would have to say that they're getting them. But I also think that gives us, you know, hope going there tomorrow. I think, you know, this, this team only is as is, is good as they think they are. Aye, and then I think, um, like I'm saying earlier, that kind of counterintuitive thing, or basically downright superstitious thing, based on that kind of misremembering of so many old firm games that uh, I've watched through the years, you almost think having too sensational a result before you go into an old firm game might distract you. You know, and I'm seeing Aaron, the Aaron Ramsey signing as being a result that might distract us. It might, you know, take your feet off the ground because you need to be ready. You need to be ready to go, just totally focused on on the game itself. But I'm never say I was glad to see Celtic winning, especially in such a tight uh, title race. But on Saturday, the way they won, I saw, I saw some. I don't know if it's BBC Scotland's describing it as momentous. You know, um, them getting the goal, and it all seems very romantic and very typical Celtic. You know, um, the 1988 double winning team and all that that scored on the goals and in the last minute that, that, that turned games around. But I'm thinking they've had that momentousness too early. You know, it's you know they want to be having the momentous moment tomorrow night. You know, and I don't know if it's tomorrow night. We could by the end. Of, I can imagine. I can imagine everything happening tomorrow. I can imagine us getting hammered. I can imagine us hammering them. You know, you can imagine every possible scenario. But it wouldn't surprise me uh, if after the game tomorrow night, we it it feels like yeah, Rangers, they're the champions. They're the team that are on top just now. Celtic are not just ready yet uh, to go top of the league, but. You know, even even in saying that, I'm immediately thinking I'm, I'm tempting fate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, final point, uh, uh, no bears in there tomorrow, uh, you know, given the whole COVID thing. Do you think it'll have a, a big impact? I mean, uh, I mean, when it comes to the games at Ibrox, I have to say, I don't miss them that much. I quite enjoy the fact that more Rangers fans are getting into these games. But I, I must admit, 
when it, when it comes to the away end, you know, I, I, my first away game at Celtic Park, Fallen Rangers, in an old firm game, it was sort of 89. It might have actually been, in fact, I think it was. I think it was the day Morris Johnson played for the first time for <laughs> Rangers against Celtic. I, I, I can't remember. I don't think I was at a game before that at Celtic Park. And, you know, there's 20,000 of you behind that goal. You know, and, and if it really, I mean, for an away support to take like 20, 25,000, whatever it was, you know, it felt like an invasion. Do you know what I mean? If thousands of you, and then it comes down to like 7,000, and then it's down to the 800, and then it's nil. And I thank you, my son, you know, because I, I was, I think I'd have been about his, his age now. I think I was about 16 uh, when I, I went to my first away game at Celtic Park. And it felt like a rite of passage, you know, it felt like the next step in your Rangers supporting journey, you know, you, you you go to a home game, you get to an old firm game, you go to a cup final, you go to an old firm game away, you do a European trip, you know, there's all these wee steps that you take and, and, that, and that certainly felt like a, a step in mine and it, it was such a momentous day, I mean, they were going after not at Johnson, like it was fucking brilliant, but, you know, on that side of it, it's slightly frustrating and it, it and I do think it puts a different spin on it tomorrow night, knowing that the, you know the Bears aren't going to be there. I I know it, it's it's. Um, I remember I was at that game as well. Uh, Morris Johnson's first game at Parkhead after signing for us. Um, I was right I was right down the very front, kind of centre, um, which as you remember was a terrible view. Uh, I was I was kind of front, but to the towards Aye. the corner flag, you know the the, the main stand, you know the jungle Aye. the other side, sort yeah. of that side. I, I do remember one story. I wrote a blog about this actually. As, uh, as as after the game had finished and I was leaving, the, do you mind that in the old Celtic part, the, the, the pie stalls were at the back, right at the top of the Aye. terrace, right? As I was walking up, this is a true story. Right? I absolutely swear on my kid's life, this is a true story. There was two lassies behind the the counter, at the pie stall, and as I was walking up, I just shouted "Super Mo," and they went "Fuck off, you orange bastard," and slammed the shutters down. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, stinging, stinging critique." <laughs> <laughs> if they shut the pie stalls on me, that would be done. You know, I'd, that's the best way to get at me. You know, they want to get revenge on me. I, oh, I'll tell you, when I I threw away my scarf eh, at Parkhead, um, I, I was only what was a sixteen. Um, it was a New Year game in 1985, I think. This was just before Sunnis arrived. You know, this is Jock Wallace's uh, second tenure, and things weren't going well. Um, and I was just at that age where, you know, you're going to see Rangers home and away every week. I don't think I, I, think I missed a midweek game at Petodja or something. It was the only game I'd missed all season and that kind of thing. Um, and I was with my pals. I went up the back of the Rangers end and it was Paul McGugan, I think, scored the first goal for Celtic in the first half. He ran up to us and he, he, he got down his knees and he blessed himself and he really enjoyed it, you know. And in the second half, I think it was Peter Grant <laughs> made it 2 nothing. He's up at the jungle going crazy. And uh, I was just like, no, I try to keep it in, try to keep it in, you know, don't don't give them the, don't, don't don't let them know that you're you're bothered, you know. And um, my ah, oh, it's, it's hard to it's hard to remember. But um, at the end, Derek Ferguson was my hero at that point, um, and he gets subbed. Jock Wallace took him off, and that was it. I just look. No, Jock Wallace. I mean, like, I think you might know what he's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, His experience yeah, yeah. was quite good, Jock. You know, but I, I'm like, that's a fucking guy to... And I just, I didn't, that way, I couldn't think what to do. My whole life was Rangers. Probably didn't have a girlfriend at the time. Just everything was Rangers, you know, and this was just, I couldn't so, so take the it. So the scarf anymore. copped it, did it? The scarf came on, hurled it, you know, 
pop up the back of the, <laughs> the size of the Rangers end at Parkhead, like a wee scarf's going to make it to the front, you know, aye, uh, aye. landed in amongst the, the humanity down in front of me. And uh, within about two minutes, no, I, I, I try to put the staunch face on it, you know, I'm disgusted and that's that's tell everybody. And within two minutes, I was like, my gran got me that scarf. Like my nana, has my, <laughs> my Catholic my Catholic nana had got me that scarf um, in 1978 or something like that. And I was just, I was just ashamed of myself. My mates are looking at me like, that's a bit much, you know. And they uh, were right. traipsing out the old, the old bus park at Parkhead. And uh, I've, I've blogged with this as well. Um, fella comes up to me. I just noticed a fella in front of me, and he had his own scarf on. He was carrying a scarf, and my scarf. I've never seen anybody else with it. I said, I've got it over there. I'm not, I'm not reach for it. But um, it's got red, white, and blue bar scarf, and it's got red, white, and blue tassels. Right. The, the, the really common red, white, and blue bar scarf. But everybody's either go all white, all blue, or all red tassels. Right. I've never seen anybody else with one with red, white, and blue tassels. I didn't realise that was unique until I said to the guy, and it also had a patch on it as well, or a, or a Black Rangers badge on it. Hey, pal, is that you? And he turned out the guys from Northern Ireland. He was a few years. He was, you know, probably early 20s, but he seemed like an old man to me. And he just turned around and he went, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> you know, and he fired it. He fired it straight into me. I'll, I'll know, mate. I'll know. And the next week we beat them D5-0. And then soon as arrived a couple of months later, and it was like the gods were saying, right, you've had your low moments. It's yeah. all going to be for now. So it's all going to be good now. Uh, it's a shame we'll know be there tomorrow, but we'll also... Don't miss them. The, the, short, the, the short answer is... Um, <laughs> We will miss them, you know. <laughs> we'll miss the away support. But I think at Parkhead, the acoustics were never... You were either shoved up in that wee corner when it was yeah, all seated, aye. or the, the track always made it kind of... We were always like a distant roar when you when you watched us, watched it back on telly. Um, I think Cognitive Dissonance FC, you know, there's a lot of... They, they don't want to be there the morning because this is, this is a brand new club they're playing. Yeah. Confused with... You know, general di- general dislike and a love of the the the, the Rangers Celtic derby, the Celtic Rangers derby. You know, um, I don't know. I I think if we can just ride the storm that you always get at Parkhead for the first ten minutes, you can always tell how Rangers are going to do at Parkhead within the first ten minutes. I think um, if we get a few attacks in, you can end up some sometimes the whole crowd being of one, being one support, can end up becoming a bit of a library if things aren't yeah. going too well. You know, well, I, I thought it was a bit like that. At Ibrox in, in September there, you know, when we never got the goal sort of in the first sort of 20, 25 minutes. And obviously Kyogo was, they were all saying that he was on form and all the rest of it. The longer it went on, I just thought the nerves started to get into the place yeah. a wee bit. And it wasn't until Hollander got the goal that, you know, it all came back again. So hopefully that'll happen. Hopefully, as you say, you know, first 10, 15 minutes, silence the crowd and then, you know, start to hit them on the counter. And you never know. You just never know. Anyway, Eck, I think that's time for us now just to wrap it up. Uh, so big thanks to Alex Anderson for his, his contribution there as always. Uh, great stuff. Uh, we were live tonight. It's the Tuesday. I'm all out of the show. It's the Tuesday night. It's the Tuesday night. Isn't it? Again, Tuesday night. It's the Tuesday night. Uh, but the, the, the pod will be available to stream and download on a variety of platforms tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, guys, wherever you are watching the game tomorrow night, have a good night. Uh, hopefully we'll get a result. If not, it's not the be-all and end-all. The Prince of William will sort it. You heard it here first. Uh, and so we'll get a show out on Friday. I think we're trying to get one out on Friday for the Hearts game. And obviously we'll be back on Sunday night as well uh, to cover that.